0: Doing a live podcast panel this year, huh?
1: I Not at Celebration, we're not.
0: <laughs> not at Celebration. I mean, we weren't going to anyway. But, because I wasn't going. But now we're really, really not.
1: Yeah, now we so, don't even have the option. Even if you had like a last minute ability to go.
0: Right, right. So, in case you guys haven't heard, Star Wars Celebration Anaheim 2020 was postponed i mean they actually did say canceled which i mean it's postponed technically but i would actually kind of call this a cancellation because it's not being held until 2022 which is two years
1: away it is canceled because
0: that's canceled if
1: it if it happened they would probably still had another one in two years so this event is canceled and then whatever we have in two years is is essentially a new event
0: Yes, yes. So they did release a announcement on the StarWarsCelebration.com website, as well as all of their social medias. And they said, the health and safety of our fans, attendees, exhibitors, guests, and staff is always our number one priority due to the global impact of the COVID-19 virus. And in speaking with local and state authorities on the latest public health guidelines related to indoor conventions, we have made the decision to cancel Star Wars Celebration for 2020." While this news is disappointing, we are happy to announce that Star Wars Celebration will return to the Anaheim Convention Center on August 18th to the 21st, 2022. And you know what my initial response to that was?
1: That it doesn't help your case as far as time of year?
0: Pretty much. I was like, cool. Still can't go.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Still in August.
0: Still in August. Still at the beginning of football season. Pending having football And in the post-COVID-19 world, and yeah, still can't go. Uh, So yeah, we'll see. I mean, I'm going to go ahead and say right now, still can't go. Things can always change in two years. We'll see what's going on in 2022. But I know some people were like, why isn't it next year? And they were upset about it and things like that. But the reason Star Wars Celebration was in 2020 when we just had it in 2019 is because d23 expo which is always at the anaheim convention center is in 2021 at the same time it's in august like towards the end of august or mid-august or whatever so they can't have it then so that's why
1: yeah you know. yeah it make, i mean it makes sense i part of me sad because I was excited about going to an event. It's been a while, and I was excited. I mean, really, at this point, I get mostly excited for these events to hang out with friends more than the actual content of the event. So just that opportunity to not be able to get together with friends is kind of like, oh, wow, 2022. That's a long time from now. And then, you know, New York Comic Con's coming up, but that's probably going to get canceled. So, yeah, that... But at the same time, it's like if they had decided to go forward with it, then you have the decision on if you even want to go, you know, c- considering. So, right. so yeah, it was. I was a little torn on if I wanted to get canceled or not. It being canceled makes the decision easy because you don't have to make the decision. So now is the <laughs> the scramble to try to get you know flights refunded and Disneyland tickets and all that stuff. So.
0: Yeah. Well, you actually bring up a good point about Disneyland. So during Star Wars Celebration, there was also going to be a Disneyland After Dark event, which was a Star Wars event. And that has actually been canceled as well. So they're saying postpone to a later date, but there is no date, you know? So it's just like kind of up in the air. I've read conflicting reports of people contacting Disney about that because they already bought tickets because it was already in a sold out event and some people have said that they're talking about doing refunds but at this current time they are not doing refunds for the Disneyland event that was going to happen they're allowing you to transfer your ticket to the next date so I don't know what's going on with that but I do know for Star Wars Celebration that they are allowing you to transfer your ticket or you can get refunded. But if you do transfer your ticket to the next show date, they're giving out like a exclusive Star Wars Celebration Stormtrooper pin or something like that. And I was like, cool. That's what I need. Another pin.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't really... I'm not a big pin collector anyway, so I don't really care about the pin. But I, I don't know. I guess I'll probably transfer mine over just because... I haven't missed a celebration yet, at least not stateside. And so I'll likely go to this next one and it'll save me the hassle of trying to worry about getting tickets. So Yeah, I
0: mean if you bought tickets, that's a smart move. I didn't buy tickets, so
1: Yeah. And I did buy tickets to that that Disneyland thing too, so I'll have to figure out what's going on with that. Because if I'm not going if they if they delay it to another date that's not the same as celebration which I'm assuming Disney would do
0: yeah they probably will just have it on its own honestly
1: it's like I don't know that I'd fly all the way out there just for that event uh right if it's not attached to something else so
0: Well, and the other thing that complicates things is the reopenings of the park and what all of that's going to look like, because we still don't have all the details about that. I've actually been keeping up with the reopenings of the parks in Orlando, including like Busch Gardens and SeaWorld and Universal and kind of watching all the, the, you know, YouTubers and stuff, like showing all the things that are going on. And... I know for Disney World, they are not selling any new tickets. The only tickets that can be used are tickets that people already had at this point. So it's kind of, I wonder, that might happen over in Disneyland as well. And they're really monitoring like annual passes. It's gonna be really, really weird. So I mean, it's like my point being, there's no telling when they're gonna resume any kind of special events until they figure out how they're even going to open the parks much less manage that side of things. Right. So
1: and I believe Disney World announced just today that they are they are canceling Mickey's Not-So-Scary for the season. Mm-hmm. And that they're doing it. they actually are going to still do Food and Wine Festival, but they're going to do it in a very limited capacity with only like 20 booths as opposed to like the 80 plus they typically have.
0: Interesting. I haven't seen that news today, but I haven't. Um, yeah,
1: it just came out literally the right before we yeah. started recording, so oh. I, I I saw that pop up. And but they're starting Food and Wine Festival early, so it's actually starting in July, um, which <clears> is much <throat> earlier than typical. But it's going to be that's in a shorter, hilarious.
0: They keep extending like Food and Wine used to be a October November thing, and now it's like let's just have it all year round whenever we're open. Well, I think because Flower
1: and Garden basically got. Nixed oh it
0: was just candy. because of
1: covid then they're turning this into they even said there's going to be like a new topiary that they haven't had before uh, that's going to be available for wine you know food and wine which typically that would be something that they would do in flower and garden so yeah but I, they're kind of mashing really them so together weird. to be this really extended thing but it's going to be a limited capacity they still haven't announced how they're going to do ticket reservations so it's still Well
0: they're doing they're not even yeah they're only, they're doing reservations and yeah. and just because you have like a hotel stay and just because you have a ticket to get into the parks or a dining reservation if it's in the parks does not guarantee you that you will get into the park like oh it's going to be so weird
1: yep i know and i'm i'm kind of on the edge of my seat because i do have that kind of stuff, so we'll see.
0: Yeah, I I don't, so... Yeah,
1: mine's uh. not till later in the year, but I think, you know, this is... <laughs> we've been talking a lot of Disney in the Star Wars Books podcast.
0: But we always do. Which we tend to
1: do. I mean, I mean, we get off into these Disney tangents every once in a while, or Harry Potter, or Lego. You know, I think our listeners kind of expect this from time to time, but we should yeah, probably I mean, talk about some of the cool news that's happened since the last time we recorded. I
0: mean, I guess, if you really yeah. want to okay so yeah we have some interesting things here so there's a new video game coming out called star wars squadrons i know it's coming i've seen some of the images but i have not watched anything about it because i know i'm not gonna play it so
1: (laughs) yeah and this one probably wouldn't even have made our list of news other than the fact that i just found out through actually john jackson miller's facebook page oh that ray sloan showed up in the trailer of this video mm-hmm. game so that that's kind of cool uh ray sloan being a character that he originated in a new dawn mm-hmm. and has been in other media but has actually not shown up but for a while so this is kind of cool to see that she made it into a video game
0: yeah hera is in the trailer too she is? the only reason yeah the only reason i'm not gonna play it is because i don't like ships and fighting,
1: like, flying around-y things. Yeah, I mean,
0: I'll play, like, Mario Kart.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm not a big Flight Simulator fan when it it comes to video games. Like, I wasn't, you know, a lot of people love the old X-Wing and TIE Fighter games. I never really Mm -hmm. played them. So this one, when they first announced it, I was kind of like, eh, not necessarily the title I would've wanted. But now that I've seen some of the gameplay trailer and the fact that it actually has a like a single player storyline that you can play through, and it's not like you're just going and, and doing these dog fights. There's actually a story. It looks like you can kind of create your own character. Like there are definitely elements of it that I'm like, okay, I probably will at least play through the the single player campaign. Mm, so.
0: Yeah. See, that's not my thing. If it's not Animal Crossing or like Lego Star Wars, I'm probably not gonna play
1: it. Yeah. Yeah. There's, I mean. The, I don't know that the Star Wars video game uh, stuff that's coming is going to really cater to you then. But, I mean, there's yeah, always going to be Lego it Star never,
0: Wars. It never really has. I've yeah. never really been into any of the Star Wars video games. I mean, I played uh, that one. The one that was like the big one everybody loved. I don't remember the name of it.
1: Force Unleashed? but. Huh? Knights of the Old Republic, Force Unleashed. No, no, no,
0: not Knights of the Old Republic. Force Unleashed,
1: yeah, okay. yeah. I played that, but it was okay. Yeah, I like that game. Uh, I'm playing Jedi Fallen Order. I'm taking my time with it. It's obviously because it's been out for a while and I still haven't finished. But, you know, as I find time. And it's been pretty cool. But there yeah. were, there wasn't really any, uh, like, book or comic tie-ins for, for Jedi Fallen Order, so... Although I guess maybe there was a little bit of a comic tie-in. We just never reviewed it. Mm-hmm. So.
0: Yeah, and I don't know. I mean, I don't I don't I'm not going to get a PlayStation 5 most likely. I already I just unplugged my PlayStation 4 and I don't have Xbox systems, so <laughs> I'm strictly like Nintendo Switch life. Yeah. Now, so it's kind of Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, I get it. I'm holding off on the Nintendo Switch. I've I've considered it, I've thought about it, but um, I'm still a console guy right now.
0: Well, it technically is a console. It does both. But not like you could even get one right now even if you wanted to, that's, (laughs) you can't. (laughs)
1: They're sold out
0: everywhere. So something else that's kind of happened with the, I don't know, the current world with everything getting hashtag canceled Star Wars The High Republic has revised release dates. It's been pushed back and it's going to be kicking off in January of 2021 instead of in August of this year.
1: Super sad for multiple Yeah, reasons. I am
0: sad about that, yeah.
1: Partially, so, li- I was go
0: gonna ahead. say
1: I'm sad because I was excited for these books, but I'm also sad because this kind of blows up our review schedule.
0: Oh we yeah, had, big
1: time. <laughs> we had like really planned out the whole year what books we were going to review each month, and you know there were a lot of you know there was going to be a decent amount toward the end of the year of these. So now that the, all of them are delayed to next year, it's like okay, we got to figure out what we're <laughs> what we're moving into those empty slots. So,
0: but in a sense, that's kind of good because in our Facebook group, we've had some requests for us to do like. Star Wars Force Collector and some of these other ones that we probably weren't gonna to get to. So that's kind of good I
1: guess. Yeah it'll open yeah. up some slots for stuff that maybe we would have skipped or maybe a couple comic volumes that we typically yep. haven't yep. been doing. so but I was excited for these storylines. Uh, it's it's definitely it seems to be something that will be up my alley so I guess I'll just have to yeah. wait a little bit longer.
0: So Lucasfilm has confirmed new dates for the launch of Star Wars The High Republic. Both Charles Soule's adult novel, Star Star Wars The High Republic, Light of Jedi, and Justina Ireland's middle grade novel, Star Wars The High Republic, A Test of Courage, will now both release on January 5th of 2021. Claudia Gray's young adult novel, Star Wars The High Republic, Into the Dark, has moved to February 2nd of 2021. New release dates for Marvel Star Wars: The High Republic series and IDW Publishing Star Wars: The High Republic Adventure series will be announced later, and this information all came uh, right at the end of May. So, I we still don't have a date for the comics at this point, but it's okay. They are coming. We just have to wait now.
1: Yes. So that leaves us with. Uh, the the next Alphabet Squadron novel, the yep. Poe Dameron novel, and the Thrawn novel. I think. Yep. That's kind of it for.
0: That's not too bad
1: for novels. So.
0: hmm Now something else that got announced, and when it did, I was like, "What? What? They're doing another one? They are doing another from a certain point of view book, but this time it's for the Empire Strikes Back." Yeah. I mean I'm not as excited as everybody else. I, I w- if it was Return of the Jedi I'd be like yeah
1: Well I think you let slip in our last episode that and I wanted to kind of re- rewind to this.
0: Oh no but what then you
1: but then you kind of talked you kept talking about something else and then it, it got too late and I was like well, it wouldn't make sense for me to jump back to this now but now that you're bringing it oh, up no no I'm pretty sure you said that Empire Strikes Back is your least favorite Star Wars movie
0: yeah no that's true it's my least favorite yeah. that's not that's not news it's at the bottom of my list
1: yeah I guess it's not news and you've probably said it before but I had forgotten I that about you and it was surprising and not not necessarily because I'm I mean Empire Strikes Back isn't my number one favorite Star Wars movie like a lot of people but it is interesting that it's your dead last yeah because it's most people would say it'd be like you know toward the top of their list well
0: I'm not most people
1: no you're not um, they did kind of two reveals <laughs> for this.
0: Can I say something really quick though? Yeah, because yeah, yeah. Like, with Empire Strikes Back being at the bottom of my list, that's not like being at the bottom of my movie list. Like if you're going to be at the bottom of my movie list, that's like Superman, the, the one with <laughs> Henry Cavill when he like just destroys everything. That really crappy DC movie.
1: Was it the first? I don't know. I don't know. I, I think guess. maybe that's the first one, Man of Steel. Or
0: Batman vs Superman, like those two. Yeah. Like if you want to talk about the bottom of my list. Like if it's at the bottom of my Star Wars list, it's still like way at the top. But also also they released the Empire Strikes Back Star Wars Starbucks mugs. Yeah. For uh for May the fourth. And I bought all three. Yeah. And I used them all. So I mean it's not like you know, it's not. <sighs>
1: I forget, like I, I forget where it falls in my rankings. It's probably in the top four or five. So, uh, but it's not my favorite of the original trilogy. But so I
0: do like the initials of it though, because when you think about it, with like Revenge of the Sith, it's like R O T S, and then there's the Last Jedi, you know, and then like just they're all. It's the only one that's, like, ESB. Like, you know what it is. (laughs) I guess. You know, like, Return of the Jedi, ROTJ, you know. So, it's, like, it's very... The Empire Strikes Back and the Phantom Menace, TPM and ESB. It makes it really easy to know what you're talking about.
1: So, they kind of had two reveals. The first reveal they gave was the cover. Well, the reveal that it was even coming was kind of a reveal, but they revealed the cover... (laughs) initially. And so what were your what were your thoughts on the cover? Cuz I have thoughts. Uh,
0: like green Yoda, like silhouette, X-wing, kind of like swampy sort of.
1: Yeah, that's right.
0: That I it looks cool to me. I mean, I think the first one was what like that sort of turquoise color, so it's kind of the same color scheme-ish sort of thing. Uh I like it, although I will say that Yoda kind of looks like he was cut out of like paper. Yeah, you know, that's like.
1: <laughs> I so I like the cover they did for um, a new hope. I really really liked it, and then they did like a con exclusive cover that was even cooler. And so this one maybe this one kind of underwhelms me a little bit as far as just cover design, and I, I kind of agree with you that Yoda looks just like a cutout, and the and the X wing looks even worse. Uh, it really looks like kind of one of those really they took that image from from a stock image and just kind of pasted it on there. I don't know. It just doesn't look good as an overall design. But
0: I mean, I Look, I don't buy a book for its cover.
1: I don't either, but I like to display <laughs> books. And I I like to display books and sometimes I'll even even if I'm not reading a book, I'll just set a book on my desk kind of as a display. So it kind of looks like I'm reading it, even if I'm not, because just because the cover looks cool. Mm. So maybe that's weird, but
0: I don't do that. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can see how if it's not the perfect cover, but it's a good thing that Star Wars has so many books that you can choose from.
1: Oh, they, and they have, you know, you know, no complaints. They've done a lot of really awesome, cool covers that are really cool to display. But this one just underwhelmed. I'm not trying to be too critical of it. I'm sure somebody worked hard on it, <laughs> but the <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. but the the other reveal was kind of you know some of the authors uh actually i don't think i think if you count they haven't all been revealed so there's probably a few that are yet to come maybe they're working on some of the bigger names but a lot of these names are familiar a lot of them i've never heard of but
0: uh well you know with that being said they did say – I forget where I saw it now. But they did say that these, from a certain point of view, books are intended to bring new writers into the fold of the Star Wars books universe. That's so kind of the point. Yep. It's not necessarily supposed to be like all authors that we know.
1: Yeah, So definitely.
0: that's good. And we've actually gotten some really good authors. Like if you think about what we saw – Ray Carson in the first from a certain point of view, and some of the other ones, Beth Revis, like some other people that have done a lot of really cool stuff since. So that does make me excited.
1: Yeah, it's it's definitely going to introduce us to some writers that we'll probably see more from, and maybe already have, you know, unannounced books that they're working on. But they do, they do highlight just a handful of these so they say here, Austin Walker explores the unlikely partnership of Bounty Hunters, Dengar, and IG-88 as they pursue Han Solo, which I think is going to be cool because I like IG-88. Yeah,
0: um, and Hank, Hank Green, he's chronicling the life of a naturalist caring for Tauntauns on the Frozen World of Poth. That sounds like my story. That sounds like the that worst was job ever. me. That's why they're so cute. Yeah, Just because they smell frozen. on the inside. You hate the it's cold, I like he's going to cut them open.
1: You hate the cold.
0: I do. So you I would do. not I want to be on it. Hoth. I'm not saying I want the job. I'm just saying I land about <laughs> Uh
1: Tracy Dion uh, delves into the dark heart of the Dagobah cave where Luke confronts a terrifying fine vision. Cool.
0: Mm-hmm. Martha Wells, who we have heard of, uh, reveals the world of the Ugnaught clans who dwell in the depths of Cloud City.
1: Mark Ishiro recounts the Wampa's tragic tale of loss and survival. Aww.
0: And Seth Dickinson interrogates the cost of serving a ruthless empire aboard the bridge of a doomed Imperial Starship. Now, there are some other authors I want to call out here that I am excited about. So, Tom Engelberger, let's see, who else? Zarieta Cordova, Delilah Dawson, Jason Fry. Christy Golden, E.K. Johnston, Michael Kogi, uh Amy Ratcliffe, yes, Amy, uh, Daniel Jose Older, Beth Revis, uh, Michael Morrissey, Kevin Scott, like there's a bunch of good people in here. Gary Witta's back. Ooh,
1: John what? Jackson Miller, yes. Alexander Freed, so a ton of people we have gotten Star Wars content from, but then also a number of people we haven't, so just like the first one, which this was a surprise announcement and I'm excited. So, and this yep. will probably f- slide into When does it what's the release date?
0: November 10th.
1: Okay. So, um, this might be our December review, maybe.
0: Maybe. Although, we didn't really review the last one all the way. We just sort of picked some of our favorite stories that we that we
1: Yeah, read. we might do the same thing this time around.
0: Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So, we'll see but I I was like, "Hey, that's cool." Um I guess the next one they'll probably do Return of the Jedi, maybe.
1: Well now they're setting a the, you know, they're kinda of setting a the standard. Yeah. They gotta at least do Return of the Jedi. <laughs> yeah, they do.
0: That's true.
1: And then we'll have quite a t- uh, if they're gonna do the forty year trend, then we'll have quite a long time to wait for the Phantom Menace.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't think they'll do forty years. <laughs> they did miss an anniversary for it though already, so
1: what was the I guess the 20th anniversary, right, was recently? Yeah. So they could have done a 20th anniversary, but yeah, maybe they'll do a 25-year anniversary. That would be kind of cool. Mm -hmm. And start the prequels that way.
0: All right, so on this episode, we are reviewing Queen's Peril. And I'm sure you guys already know how I feel about this book, so I'm going to try to rein it in. But I can say... I liked Queen's Shadow, which we actually did for our Star Wars Celebration panel. We had E.K. Johnston on there and got to really talk about that book. And it was super duper fun. So Queen's Peril was published by Disney Lucasfilm Press. Author E.K. Johnston, it released June 2nd of 2020. So we're reviewing something in the same month it came out.
1: Wow. Look at us.
0: Look at us. us So I want to say right here, (laughs) massive spoiler warning. Normally, we wait a month until we review, but this episode is coming out at the very end of the month. It's close to being out, like being a full month. So we went ahead and did it anyway. But if you have not read Queen's Peril and you do not want spoilers, now is the time where you press stop and go listen to something else.
1: Yes, okay. although this one are is... You, are,
0: they all, are they all gone? I think they are, they all are. Gone?
1: but okay. this one, it kind of covers a lot of familiar ground, so there's not any kind of crazy spoiler moments, to be honest.
0: But. Well, maybe in your opinion. I mean, for me, I felt like they're kind of they're kinda are. So we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, publisher summary. A prequel to the New York Times bestselling novel Queen's Shadow, further exploring the life of the iconic Padme Amidala. When 14-year-old Padme Nabire wins the election for Queen of Naboo, she adopts the name Amadala and leaves her family to the rule from the royal palace. To keep her safe and secure, she'll need a group of skilled handmaidens who can be her assistants, confidants, defenders, and decoys. Each girl is selected for her particular talents, but will be up to Padme to unite them as a group. When Naboo is invaded by the forces of the Trade Federation, Queen Amidala and her handmaidens will face the greatest test of themselves and of each other.
1: Do, 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 do. So, <laughs> you. So, I actually did quite a bit of the audiobook on this one. If not all of it. I, I think I might have read. I read a lot of it in the novel, but then I also did a lot of the audiobook as well. So, I got a taste of both.
0: I did all audiobook. Okay. So. Yeah. And I wanted to do the audiobook because it is once again narrated by Kat Tabor and she just does a fantastic job with like she did with Queen Shadow. She did an amazing job with this one as well. And the production quality on it was just stellar. I so enjoyed it. And I mean, it was just, it was really good. And speaking of it started to play. Um, because I was trying to open it, it's only a six-hour audiobook, so it's not too bad. And it's just like I don't know, it's so good. And the way that she manages to do Padme's voice, Amidala's voice, and then all the handmaidens' voices, so that you can kind of tell the difference between all of them, it just blows my mind.
1: Yes. I really thought she did a great job, and it's cool to hear the you know voice actor that you're typically you're used to hearing play a certain character. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was you it you know it was like you're listening to pa- Padme, which was was cool. Um, the one thing, I, the same complaint I had about like Thrawn and Vader, certain voices are hard to listen to, and are kind of boring, mm-hmm. and when she does Padme. She sounds great when she gets into Amidala. I mean, she does it true to the movie, but Amidala has this really boring droning voice, and so she that does was. It
0: on purpose. I
1: know it's on purpose. I get it. It's that's... there's a
0: reason that Padme chose that for Amidala's character.
1: I know, because but it makes the book boring. They
0: didn't to me. explain it.
1: But it it didn't help. I guess <laughs> with that, they I get they explained it. I get the reason why, but it was just kind of like okay, and she does a really really bad Yoda. But other than that, she did a really good job. Are you
0: kidding? Come on, stop. What?
1: I'm joking like I'm not saying it as a actual critique. I get it. Like I would do a horrible Yoda. She's not gonna do every character voice perfectly. But if she can't do one well, it it was Yoda. She didn't do good with Yoda.
0: Okay, but look. Kat Tabor is like queen. And she's amazing. So everything she does is fine. I don't care. It's fine. You go, Kat.
1: (laughs) She's not gonna listen to this.
0: (laughs) Yes, she will. (laughs) she'll listen to it i'll send it to her i'll be like cat can you listen to this
1: i once hung out with her in an airport and she was really cool so
0: yeah yeah she's awesome i mean i like we're friends on the socials and in the reels but like i'll just say like hey we reviewed it and we talked about your audiobook performance i do have a question for her though because if she does listen to this cat let me know when she does her audiobooks she envisions each character as a like she has like a like a sheet where she makes each character like a certain celebrity you know personality and that's where she draws her inspiration from as she's doing this so and i i know i interviewed her for queen shadow and i need to go back and listen to that because i'm wondering like did she keep the same people this time How'd she do that? Who'd she choose? You know?
1: Yeah. I mean, this book didn't really introduce many new characters that weren't in the last one. Or weren't in the movie. (laughs) (laughs) So.
0: There was a couple. But not big characters. They were just kind of passing interesting, interesting things. Yeah, definitely. Now, this book is amazing for someone like me who the phantom menace is my second favorite star wars movie because it quite literally overlaps the movie entirely and gives a completely different view of the movie it's like it's like you take the movie and instead of it being from anakin and the jedi's perspective It's from Padme and the Handmaiden's perspective, which is fantastic. It was so good. I was like, oh,
1: that was, yeah, that was my favorite part of the book, actually. Um, It started out a little bit slow for me at about the halfway point. I was kind of like, "Uh, I don't think I'm going to be giving this one a very positive review. And then it started to get into the, you know, the overlaps with The Phantom Menace. And it was, it was like, oh, this is cool. Like, they're showing you, you know, it's the same events, but you're seeing it from a different angle or from a different character's perspective. And and it gave a little bit more depth to what was happening on the planet of Naboo, which I thought was cool. So I did really enjoy all of the, the connections with the Phantom Menace.
0: Yeah, and, you know, something else I really enjoyed, in Queen Shadow, we got a lot of information about... The handmaidens who they were what their personalities were like all of that stuff and they talk about the selection process and they talk about some of these things that happened when she was queen but queen shadow takes place when she's in the senate so you don't get all of that but in this one you get that backstory about each of the original handmaidens who they were where they came from how they got selected what their talents were and I love that. And the other aspect I really like about it, too, is it really highlights the fact that they are teenagers, that they are 14 years old. And it's this group of girls that has come together to support each other as teenagers. And the maturity level is ridiculous, because when I was 14, (sighs) okay. (laughs) well,
1: they kind of sold you on the idea that the people of Naboo are a bit like almost all of them are like prodigies. So I, cause I kind of thought the same thing. I've been around enough 14 year olds that I was like, what 14 year olds act like this? But I think that we're, we're kind of meant to believe that these are, they were already from a planet who had kind of this really advanced, you know, kind of civilization where they're very, you know, they, they're just really skilled. But then these girls all were the top of, you know, they were kind of the best of the best on top of that. So
0: unless you're Sabe and you're she's always, always second. second best. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but yeah, so I enjoyed the backstory and how Panaka was kinda of going around and recruiting them. Uh that was that was definitely interesting.
0: Yeah, and can I just say like I really was quite mature for my age. You know, I wasn't on this level, but I would have liked to have grown up on Naboo. Because I feel like I would have fit in there very, very well, and that would have been my, like my jam. Like I should have been there or at Hogwarts. Those are the <laughs> two places I should have been. It was either on Naboo with Padme or at Hogwarts. So uh,
1: sadly for you, both fictional.
0: Sorry, they. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. So I love the culture of Naboo, the more we have gotten about that planet through Queen's Peril and Queen's Shadow, it has really made me wish that I could go there. It's just so, it seems like such a gorgeous, beautiful place. You know, I know it has its struggles just like anywhere else, but it just seems like it would be a nice place to live. Also something else we get, you know, the beginnings of those inner workings with Emperor Palpatine and him manipulating Panaka. And I'm like, oh, dang.
1: Which is kind of sad because we we know ultimately that Panaka does join the Empire.
0: I know. And in
1: this book, you're kind of seeing him as, you know, he's still that good guy character and very much, you know, protecting the queen is his number one priority. And he has a great relationship with his wife and –
0: he really ever turns into a bad guy character he just he just stays with his ideals and refuses to adapt and change
1: yeah you know as
0: things change
1: he's misguided and and it kind of fits his personality you know when you see him he's very much a a rule follower and you know him and padme butt heads because of that because she's a little bit more independent spirit and he's much more of a rule follower and kind of like, you have to do it my way so I can protect you. And she's like, Hey, I, I'm smart enough. I can sometimes not need you, you know?
0: Right. And, and I love that he tried to get Robbie to be his almost like informant into the handmaiden group. And she was like, uh, uh-uh, uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> she's they, like, you will not use me that way.
1: <laughs> they explain the names And kind of the, even the whole, the conversation around it, you know, it got that detailed on the moment they decided to do this with the names. And one of the things they said about the names was that the reason why they wanted them all to sound so similar was to confuse people. So -hmm. they would kind of blend together. And so then Mm -hmm. I felt like I was, I'm like, okay, I'm a little vindicated because it confuses me still. And that's the purpose of it because I still (laughs) honestly can't tell you the difference between like three or four of them.
0: Well, and I do like the fact that Airta had a little bit of a problem with this. Like she didn't want to lose her own personal identity and become just like one of the handmaidens. And so she puts up a little bit of a fight, but as through the conversation, you really start to find out that there's reason for why she was saying what she was saying. But she did it in a, she was very mature about eventually choosing Erte. And then I was so glad that they really explored Sasha and Yanni's relationship and that we finally get a chance to really understand that they've known each other for like their whole lives. And they kind of kept that from the group initially. And in Queen's Shadow they talk a lot about Sasha's scars and the right. torture that she went through. and oh my god, that part of Queen's Peril in the audiobook where she's being tortured, was so hard i started crying because in the production in the background they're screaming of like a girl being tortured and it's just like it hurts so deep it's like that scene in harry potter and the deadly hallows where hermione's being tortured by bellatrix
1: (gasps) oh yeah that was hard to listen to my
0: god it was hard and that's something that
1: to be said for the audiobook that you know, just reading the book and not doing the audiobook, you wouldn't have gotten that. Um, so it would maybe not have been as impactful. But, yeah, listening to it was was chilling to hear her yes. screams.
0: And then Yane has this really profound moment because uh, Mary at Panak is like, we have to do something, we have to do something, we have to get her. And she basically... The love of her life is being tortured and she says no. And she goes into like the Almodala voice and she's like, no, you will not do anything. You will not move. You will not act because Sasha is making this choice to be tortured and not tell about Padme and about where they are and all the details. She's choosing that and if they go and try to do something they're undermining her choice and she's like I will not take that away from her and I was like dang that's that's deep and true but like hard my god
1: yeah in the phantom menace so we see so very little of what really is happening to the population on, Nibu. on Nibu. Yes and, you know, we kind of see what's happening with the Jedi and with Padme and with Darth Maul and Jar Jar Banks, like the kind of the main events, but really what's happening to the general population or even some of the handmaidens, we, it's all off camera. And so I think that's one thing this book did really well, was kind of spread that out a little bit and, and show you how it affected the planet and that they mm-hmm. were running out of food and they were, you know, in these prison camps and all of this that Is something that you really don't get that sense at all in the movie. So it filled in some of those blanks really well.
0: Yeah. So in regards to the population, I love the fact that they did bring in uh, Sergeant Tonra because he is such a big character in Queen's shadow. And we know that he does exist at this point. So making sure that he was mentioned, I felt like it was really good. And then Some of the other things I really liked is the fact that they go into the whole asking the Gungans for help. And that whole moment, like that epic moment where Sabe is speaking as the queen and then Amidala comes and she's like, no, I'm the queen. And they go in and really explain like the prep for that moment and all this stuff and like how it made Sabe feel when she felt like she had failed but the reason Padme decided to speak up, and you kind of get the nuance of that in the movie, but all of this like in depth detail about that moment was like, whoa.
1: And you don't really look at that character, you know, if you just watch the Phantom Menace and you've never read anything else about Sabé, then you're, that character is pretty bland. And so, when right. that moment happens in the movie, you're just like, okay, it's just some random, you know, character that's trying to give the speech doesn't do a great job and padme steps up but there was this adds so many more layers to that interaction in her as a character so when you watch the phantom menace next time you're gonna see it probably a little bit differently as you're seeing her moments and Kira knightley's moments as you know as the queen and kind of being like oh you know like there's a lot going on that we didn't really see um, so it adds to the movies that way
0: Yeah, and I'm actually really... You brought up a good point there. I'm excited to go back and watch The Phantom Menace now after reading this book because I feel like it is going to add a lot of layers. I mean, they do mention, of course, Darth Maul. They mention the Jedi. They mention Anakin. You know, they toss out little mentions here and there, but they don't focus on it. You know, they just... You know that that's happening on the side of everything else that's going on. And even down to them getting in the throne room and they're being blasters in the 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 queen's throne. Yeah. They go completely into why they're even there, how they even got there, and the arguments that surrounded them even being there. Another thing we talked about with Queen Shadow is the intricacies of her outfits and how they serve double duty as, like, you know, armor and all that kind of stuff. And in this book, they talk about the development of that. And I was just like, it it just expands on it so much that I'm just, my mind is like blown the entire time.
1: And even some of the scenes, even though the cameo scenes with kind of the bigger named characters were really short and didn't really play into the book that much, they Mm -hmm. still were very revealing. Um, I liked the, the one where you get a scene with Anakin and after a pod race wreck, and his like both of his oh, legs are yeah. broken. Oh yeah! How banged up he was, and you know they they were able to fix him, you know, with the the modern medicine they have and stuff. But it's just kind of that scene where you know you they had talked about in the movie how he he always crashes, but you just kind of think oh haha. But then you're thinking Well, this little child is is crashing these potter races and he's and he's getting like really severely injured. <laughs> like it it kind of adds a little bit more to that when you when you hear that too mm. um mm-hmm. there was a scene with like mace windu and yoda talking oh, about yeah. how they can't sense like yoda's like what do you sense or or mace windu says, i forget which way it went but basically yoda's saying i can't sense anything which is is not normal and so mm-hmm. they're starting to realize that their ability to sense the force is diminishing which is something they bring up in the movie so that was kind yeah, of a cool they... scene
0: they talk about the making of the droid army and geonosis and going into a little bit of detail on that. One of the other things I like is that you do get a look into the politics of what's happening with the trade federation and what's happening behind the scenes prior to the blockade that they do on Naboo. And so that was interesting to me to know the, how that what is the right word. Oh my gosh. Um, the escalation to that point and
1: why. Right. And I like the scene where Palpatine is talking about this art piece that he has (laughs) that doesn't fit in his current Senator office. Yeah. Uh, But he had it shipped to Coruscant anyways, because he knew that the chancellor office was going to be big enough. (laughs) So (laughs) he already had plans. Like he already knew that he was going to be taking over and so he already had plans for his his art piece which i believe i was making the connection that it's that big that big art piece that kind of you see behind him and anakin in the pivotal scene so that was that made me chuckle because like oh this guy he's so
0: overconfident (laughs) and can i just say that ek johnson did such a wonderful job she really pays attention to the details in the films To put them into these books, like to be able to write these two books, which basically are companion pieces to the prequels, you know, and she makes it seamless. It's like they could be added scenes to the movie, you know? Yeah, it's just it's incredible to me like how she does that. And these are not YA books. They're like, I mean, I guess they are. They're like why they're like a mashup of YA middle grade sort of book you know, and to me anyway, but I guess they're more YA than anything, but the way she does it, they're not that Twilight kind of YA, you know?
1: Yeah, definitely not. No, yeah, they're definitely not that, Um, and I think that these books are really great for if if you're aiming at someone who, you know, really loves The Handmaidens or Padme or wants a lot more information about them. If you are aiming for someone who's a big fan of the Phantom Menace, like me. this book is right up their alley. So I think this is like it's almost like this book was written for you.
0: I know um, I feel like it. I feel like and like Queen Shadow were like deliberately written for me, and now I need a third one, please.
1: Thanks. And there are a lot of people out there like that. A lot of people that really crave this type of content. Um, these characters aren't for me personally. The characters that I would you know was super interested in learning a ton about. I did enjoy learning more about them. Um, but I think the big thing that was missing for me uh, as a reader was the. It didn't Did feel I? like there was much of a storyline in this book. It was. It was like they were kind of showing you different. Okay, here's what's going on here. Here's what's going on here. But there was no kind of overarching plot line.
0: Yes, that... there is. It's called the Phantom Menace.
1: Well, but the Phantom Menace <laughs> has already been told. Like it's. It's no, a. No, I an, know, but an, this
0: is like literally the Phantom Menace on this side of it. It's like that's it that's but it what wasn't
1: it, it wasn't like even when it got to the point where it kind of was overlapping with the Phantom Menace and and started telling that story it was doing it in very quick little chunks it was like okay this happened and then suddenly like the battle was over and now this is happening so it was like it was relying on your you have already seen the Phantom Menace.
0: true and I think the storyline for this is really again like Queen Shadow about the relationships of the handmaidens and padme that's what it's about yeah it's It's about them and it's about it's about the the lives and you know the the way these incredibly strong women do these amazing things yeah that's it that's what the story is you're welcome Mm -hmm.
1: That's, I mean, it's not a story though. That's, that is what happened in the book, but there's no. That's
0: the story to me. I mean, I think it depends on your point of view and what you're looking for. But for me, that is a, that's a story. That's a storyline. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, and I, that's what, I guess my point is that for you, it worked for me. I was, that was missing, but we have, we very often have opposite opinions on
0: books. So so you did make sure to post in our facebook group about queen's peril and that we were doing the review so i thought we should read um i mean honestly we have time we could just read all of these i'll start with uh, amanda reynolds and we can just go down amanda reynolds said loved it as usual that being said however once the book got to the phantom menace i was disappointed how it sped through the film itself look there you go not to mention how it didn't even touch the Phantom to like the last third, fourth, fifth of the book. I love the relationship between the characters and the politics, just as I did in Queen Shadow. I thought the flashes to other characters we knew were cute and enjoyable, but again, I wish they were more fleshed out. Overall, I loved it, but it felt like you could have added more to it to flesh it out especially later on i put this book under queen's shadow in my ranking of the two i do hope we get a third padme book to complete the trilogy so amanda's basically saying everything that we have said agreeing with me agreeing agreeing with you
1: (laughs) she usually just agrees with you so
0: so hey there you go so thanks amanda uh
1: so jeff vaught I'm not sure I'm pronouncing your name correctly, so I apologize if I'm not. Uh, really short comment. He says he's about halfway through. He likes it a lot and makes the Phantom minutes more interesting.
0: Mm-hmm. I want to mention Thomas Myers here. He says it's not available from the library yet. Well, Thomas, comment on our group again if you want to listen to the audio book because I can probably lend you mine, I think, just in case if that's an option for you. Yeah, there you okay, go. Uh, Steve Cardali, he said, still reading it. Love how it's basically right before The Phantom Menace. I honestly thought it would have been like a year before with the little side stories on some of our other favorite prequel characters.
1: Uh, Stephen Howard says, I liked it. It's interesting getting to learn more about Padme and the Handmaidens. and I think you can see an improvement in E.K. Johnson's writing. I think it's her best Star Wars book yet.
0: Alright, Michael McAllister, I really enjoyed how they tied this to The Phantom Menace. Though I was surprised how close the story was in the timeline to the films, I hadn't realized that Padme was relatively new queen when we met her in the film. That is a good point, because I thought that too. I was like, oh man, she hasn't been in office very long. Uh, let's see. He continues to say it was great to learn more about the handmaidens and how they were chosen for the job. The only thing that was jarring to me was the very ending of the book. Don't want to spoil things here, but did the ending of the story catch anyone off guard? Do I not remember the ending?
1: I well, I don't know if he's just referring because the end basically ends with Leia. Uh, Oh yeah. so I actually thought that was a nice moment I don't know I love
0: that I completely forgot about that but yes I love that moment too and I love it because it really like when you think about Leia Princess of Alderaan and that book and everything she goes through there and by the end of that book it's like really getting to the point of the rebellion you know so it kind of lines up there And you just have to realize like now her parents are gone and it's just her and her planet's gone and she has to figure out how to continue on. But she's her mommy's daughter.
1: And it mirrors the opening of the book because they talk about a girl in a white dress and about how she has the heart of her father and the something of her mother. I forget the exact words, but they, they kind of mirror each other, which was cool. J.R. Eaton. I really enjoyed it. It was a quick light read, which I was in the mood for and, and I don't mean that in a bad way. It was still very compelling and well done. It was very short, which was nice That's true. to be able to get through quickly. Um, less than 300 pages. I think it's, I know it's listed as more, but I don't know why the listings are sometimes wrong. Because if you actually look at the actual book, it's like 270 something pages, um, which the last couple know, that we've reviewed have been pretty short. So
0: 273. Mm-hmm all right Jonathan I don't know how to say her last name he said I enjoyed the ending of the book particularly the interweaving of the story with the Phantom Menace I also really like the character- characterization of the Panacas and the choosing of the handmaidens I think the middle was the weakest and I wasn't the biggest fan of the concert plot but that wasn't meant for me I think it's a good book but the weakest of E.K. Johnston's books for me interesting so we have some people who think it's her best and some people who think it's the weakest from
1: her so far everyone has said it's her best yet but this next person is a little more critical Mm. so but we're you know we'll read the good ones and the bad ones so uh max dayton i enjoyed the book but the first half was way better than the second half the second half was too rushed and e.k johnson's writing seemed ham-fisted
0: that's harsh max harsh what does that mean
1: uh just like clumsy like like, if you had a ham stuck to your fist, it'd be hard to do anything well.
0: Okay, but, like, why would you have a ham? I mean, like, why I, wouldn't your hand just be, like, sticky from peanut butter? I don't, or, like, <laughs> I don't know the else.
1: origins of the phrase, but I've heard it before.
0: Or, um, like, gum.
1: So, he says her, her writing seemed ham-fisted in, uh, to fit the flow of The Phantom Menace because she's a great writer, but I guess working within the confines of the movie isn't the best for writing so um yeah so i think that's probably the most critical comment that we got but overall but I mean, it seems all like in
0: all yeah like everybody seems to have really enjoyed the book and like really liking the integration with the movie which is encouraging for me and i i think we all need to go watch the phantom menace now
1: we did get um just a couple on twitter oh cool so let's not forget our twitter people. Uh, oh, yes, Scott yes, yes. I just
0: don't I don't ever look at the Twitters.
1: Scott Hume. Uh, I thought Scott it was fantastic. Hume? Honestly, as much as I loved Queen Shadow, I may have liked QP even more.
0: Oh, Queen's cool. Peril.
1: Um This is from someone named M. Loved it. I liked M. how the story <laughs> I liked how the story could focus on characters and show deleted scenes of the Phantom Menace without turning into a novelization. True. Oh yeah. Uh, John Let's Flake say- oh sorry yeah, I didn't I know if you to. found it So
0: I did uh, so Rodi and Ryan said I loved it the book added lots of interesting backstory to Padme and the handmaidens and also you forgot with Scott Hume that he has a gif when Padme comes forward and says no I am Queen Amidala
1: I for whatever reason that gif is blocked as possible sensitive material in my twitter feed so I don't know why it flagged it that way <laughs> <laughs> Does funny. she, like, give somebody the middle finger or something?
0: No, uh, she's just standing there next to Jar Jar, you know, when she comes forward. Oh, my gosh. Okay. And then go ahead, John Flake, I'll read his. He says, almost done. Really enjoying it.
1: <laughs> I like the I like the response, John. Concise. That was good. And hopefully uh, you'll continue to enjoy it as you finish it. It got better for me as it went along. I will say I like this one a little bit better than I liked Queen's Shadow.
0: You don't um, like Queen Shadow because it introduces more confusing names. Because that's where you get Corday and Dorme. Oh
1: yeah, the names. I still couldn't tell you. <laughs> I mean, I you know, I know Sabe. I know that she's Sabe. kind of the, the main, the kind of the main handmaiden. But yeah, I know I caught flack from Bria for not being able to tell the difference between these these. And I I got. Yeah, the, she's
0: gonna listen to this and she's gonna do it again. She's yeah. like, God.
1: I got that there were different personalities and each one kind of had what they brought to the table. It was just the names, like putting the right name on the right personality was something that, like if you threw out a name and said, okay, what's special about this one? I'd be like, I don't know, other than uh, other than Sabe. But I did try to do my research a little bit this time where oh, as good. I was reading through it, I was pulling up um, – their Wikipedia profiles and trying to see if there was an image that I could like try to get into my brain so I could start to picture them as I was reading about them.
0: So, you know what they look like? Kind of. Padme. Yeah. <laughs> they look like Padme. Well, not really. That's the, that's the
1: point. A couple of them do, <laughs> but not really. Kira Knightley does look like, you know, when she's in the makeup well, and that's stuff.
0: that's Sabine. That's a sobbing. But, so, a yeah. sobbing. but some of the other ones
1: aren't not quite as much.
0: She's like her numero uno. Oh, hey, something else I wanted to point out, by the way. That, you know, in Queen's Shadow, we see Sabe is kind of like off and on sort of with Tanra. But in this book, she has like a little attraction to this one lady from this other planet in the system.
1: Yeah. was, there, was And it they they go to something? like a
0: rave and the glow stick explodes on Padme and she's covered in glowy paint.
1: Yeah. That, did that happen. was
0: awesome that was yeah. so good I was like oh my god of course
1: <laughs> yeah they snuck out they had a little slumber party and they snuck out and went to a concert and all the things I look for in a Star Wars book it's
0: what I look for I wasn't
1: yeah That yeah, not up my alley but that's fine that part was kind of whatever
0: that made me laugh I was like of course that would happen because that's what happens when you try to sneak out of the house and then you end up getting caught
1: yeah you get some evidence Uh, panaka was not happy i think that if i was going to say overall if i liked it or not i i would say i liked the book it definitely had enough enough good things going on that you know i like i said it started out a little slow for me but in the end i i kind of liked the overlap with the phantom menace and i thought uh you know some of the stuff that they added was really cool so i'd say i liked it i think on like goodreads you know you get to like one to five stars, and three stars means you liked it. I I'd say three stars would work, but I'm guessing you're giving it five.
0: Oh yeah, for me it's definitely like a five star book. Yeah, love it, love
1: it. Cool, so good. I think next up is um, because this book did not get delayed, the next book we're gonna read is Alphabet Squadron Shadowfall. Mhm. So all about. Space Battles and Pilots. I know you're really excited about that one.
0: Yeah, expect whoever we had on for that episode to also be on this one. Should we
1: should we just already plan to have a guest co-host yes. for that one? Um, so yeah. It's not
0: because I don't like the Alphabet Squadron books. It's just that it's really hard for me to get into, for me to have an intelligent conversation about. But I'll be on the episode. I just like, I want somebody who is more intelligent in that area than me.
1: All right, well, I'll put out some feelers and see if we can bring in a, a friend to help us cover sounds, that book.
0: Sounds great.
1: All right. But All I think right. we are good to wrap up.
0: Yeah. So if you guys want to get in touch with us in between shows, you can find us on Twitter. We're at swbookrooms, Or you can email us, StarWarsBookRooms at gmail.com. And we would love to know via email what you thought about Queen's Peril. And if you do, I'll read it on the show.
1: And you can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Star Wars Bookworms. And our Facebook group is also there. And that's where we got all these comments that we read today and on Twitter. So if you want to participate and give your opinion about some of these books that might uh, make it onto the show, check out our Facebook group.
0: Yes, please. And you can find us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to us. And please leave us a review.
1: And you can find Teresa on Twitter and Instagram, at IceColdPenguin, and, 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 and TikTok. I don't know. I deleted the TikTok app for my phone. Uh, I gave it a try. but Wait, at, you did? I had it on my phone, but I never signed up for an account. So I was able to kind of like, I could go on and view some TikToks, and I was going to see if it was for me. But I quickly realized it wasn't. So, <laughs> That's at Ice Cold Penguin right yep. i'm at av goins on twitter and instagram as well and until next time
0: keep on reading and may the force be with you